Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Hi, welcome to Solo BG. My name is Derek and thank you for being in another episode, episode number 12 of Solo BG podcast. And tonight we're going to talk about a very interesting game that is published by Asmati Games and it's One Deck Dungeon. We're going to be talking about the two versions of the game and I'm here tonight with my friends Jonathan and Caleb. How are you guys? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Jonathan, how are you, my friend? Doing pretty well. What have you been playing, my friend, lately? Uh, well, this week I really haven't gotten to play a whole lot, um, but I did get to try out Sagrada, uh, okay. which is actually kind of fitting um, with One Deck Dungeon because there are actually some similarities that um, you can see between the two games. But uh, it's, it's pretty fun. We played two players, but basically you're trying to make a stained glass window, and it's mm -hmm. all dice draft dice drafting to get either certain colors or numbers that match up with your windows and you have a hidden objective there's other objectives um, that everyone can do to get points so um you know at first it's pretty easy to put the dice on your board but then towards uh, the end of the game it's it's harder to manipulate the dice it's, it's very puzzly um but it's also a very pretty game with the different colored um dice that you have and the, the player boards um you know that look like the stained glass windows but um, it was a lot of fun. I'd like to try it with, you know, our group and a, a bigger group, but, um, you know, with two players, we probably got to play in about half an hour and there's a lot of, you know, variation between the different window patterns and, um, some of the extra cards you can play. So it's it a pretty cool game. Now, t uh, answer me something. Um, that game, it has a solo variant, right? Like you, you're able to play it solo if you want. It does. I haven't gotten to play it yet, but from my understanding is, um, you basically do a lot of the same things. I think some of the cards have extra features that you use for solo. Um, but at the end of each turn, there, if there are any uh, dice left over, those um, go onto the, the timer track. And I think your goal is to get more points from your achievements at the end of the game that add up to more than the total um, numbers on all the dice that are on um, the player track that were left over. Um, so I'll have to look into it more, but I think it's you know basically just trying to, to do better than the game um, and the dice that you didn't get to use. Yeah, the layout of the components and the, and the, the, the board, I guess, setup that I have been able to see around the websites, and I remember on GenCon too, it seems like a beautiful, beautiful and abstract game at the same time, and I'm looking forward to try it solo as well. But what about you, Mr. King of Magicians, Caleb Wiles, what have you been playing lately? Well, uh, this is the busy time of year for me as uh, in my magic world, so... Lots mm -hmm. of Christmas parties for corporate events and things like that. So I haven't played as much uh, as possible, but I did, uh, after one of the late night events, come home and bust out uh, my Kickstarter of Too Many Bones uh, Undertow, which is the new standalone expansion uh, in the Too Many Bones universe. So you get two new characters, um, and I actually ended up getting some of the upgrade pack. So I have uh, a campaign now um, and uh, extra event cards and... Uh, all kinds of extra stuff to a game that's already packed full yeah. of um, you know, uh, of content. And the guys at you know the at Too Many Bones, the, the the Chip Theory games that make that that game series, uh, they really do a great job with the components. And then you know there was some people who had complained about some of the components in the last run about, uh, for example, the cards were a little dark in, on some 
um, versions of the cards. And then the cards were a little slippery, even though they're plastic cards in high quality, they were sort of difficult to shuffle. Uh, and they, you know, there's a few typos here and there. Uh, and they had this really cool thing where I think, I don't know, for some very small amount of money in the Kickstarter, or even if you didn't want to pledge for the full game, you could just get this little upgrade pack. And it basically fixed all the printing errors, made all the components even better than they were before. Uh, and the price was so low that the company is obviously making no money, maybe even running it at a little bit of a loss, um, but doing it just to support the game and support the community. Uh, so uh, it's definitely, you know, some guys I like to get behind and I really like chip theory games. Um, and the gameplay is basically more of the same from what you had last time with a few additions. So uh, now instead of just fighting on land, you can also fight on a raft. So there's a few cards that came up that I thought were really cool. Um, one of them, for example, you had these monsters coming up from the from the river trying to get onto your raft. And if you were near the edge of the raft, they would attack you. Otherwise, they would attack the raft and sort of make the fighting area that you had smaller because the, the raft was getting smaller for the battle. So lots of you know thematic uh, you know content, and uh, it's a really it's a really fun game to play if you can find the time to get it to the table. Yeah, I remember when we played. I had a, I had a, the first time that we played. I honestly didn't enjoy that much the experience as as you guys did. And then we play it again, and I like it a little bit better. I'm looking forward to play this uh, second um, expansion, you know, uh, and still try my my not problem, but still my concern with too many bonuses is that the fact that you're not able to die. I mean, you can die, but you don't die <laughs> like like for real. But yeah. I'm looking forward to to give it another try. You know, it's it's. It's definitely a very interesting project. Recently, it's still on the hot on the hot list on the boardgamegeek.com, and and still all the solo board gaming communities keep talking about the game. And and you know, I think Chip Theory Games has has done a, a pretty good job with their with their works and with their games. Definitely, yep. Yep. So now, uh, before we start with the show tonight, I have two uh, important news. I've been uh, telling you in the last episodes at the end that that soon we will have a YouTube channel, soon we will have a, a YouTube channel, but guess what? Now we have the YouTube channel and you can search for this episode or for the previous episodes on YouTube as well. And you can uh, just search for us over there as a solo BG podcast and you will have all the episodes available. So you can send, you can tell your friends or your uh, family members or any other gamer that you see around the street randomly, you, hey, listen to solo BG podcast through YouTube because now you don't need to have Spotify, you don't need to have iTunes. You can search for us on YouTube. The other thing is that uh, soon on January, once the year start, uh, we're going to have a very interesting uh, interview with Erin Dean. She write a book uh, that is called for, uh, for the Love of Board Games. It was recently on Kickstarter. The campaign ends, and it was a big success over there, too. So we will have her soon on the show on, the, on a very, very uh, future, very near future episode uh, starting the next year. Now, with that being said, now let's jump into tonight's game once again. One Deck Dungeon from Asmati Games, and let's talk about the box and cover. Box and cover. Um, so for this, I'll talk about uh, both boxes. Uh, we have the one from the original One Deck Dungeon and from the expansion One Deck Dungeon Forest of Shadows. Um, both are about the same size. I think the expansion is a little bit of a taller box, but um, they're both actually pretty small. Um, I just tried to measure it, and they're about the width of a cell phone. So. Very portable, very easy to take. Um, this would be a good one, um, either for solo or you know, for a couple of players to take with you to a convention or if you're going to travel. Um, it's an easy game to play in a hotel room. It's that size of a game. Um, but both boxes are very similar in terms of the art. Um, you can easily tell what's 
uh, what the game is about. If you look at the first box, it's got the heroes. Um, and one thing we can talk about later, too, with the components and the characters, but in both games, all the heroes are heroines, so all, all female characters. Um, but in the first one, they are lifting a gate going into a dungeon, so you know, very well fits the theme there. And in the expansion, it looks like they're going um, from a cave into, into the Forest of Shadows. So, um, you know, for a small box, it's very easy to tell the theme of the game um, and what the, um, you know, game is about and kind of the fantasy realm that they're in. Um, really, the only other notable things on the box, um, both games have the same uh, time on the box, 30 minutes. Play is one to two players, ages 14 and up. And then there's just a short description of the game on the back. Um, so not not too complex here, but you know it's very easy to see the theme of the game and what you're going to get uh, with the with the game. Yeah, I agree. Also on the box, uh, you will you will have the, of course the the publisher on the corner as, as Money Games, and this game is designed by Chris uh, Selchnik. I, I hope I pronounced it correctly, Chris Selchnik. Um, he's the designer of the game. Why do we think about? I always ask this, and it's, I think it's very important because you know we find very often of games that the time length of of playing or the gameplay. And this one, it says 30 minutes. I've been playing this game actually on the last week. And it took me a little bit more than 30 minutes. Well, how about you guys? What do you think about the, the time of the game? Yeah, I think 30 minutes is pretty close. Maybe not including setup. I mean, setup for this game, that's one of the nice things is there's not much to it. But I would say, yeah, at least your first few games is probably going to take you a little bit more than 30 minutes. But uh, once you get sort of in a groove, I feel like 30 minutes is probably accurate. Yeah. Now, the other thing that surprised me is that it's 14 year plus, and I'm I'm wondering why. You know, I mean, because it seems like because of the art and everything, and I and I play it, I don't see why it, why it cannot be like probably eight plus or because it's not even that complex, you know. So I I, I mean I I don't find a reason to put it 14 year plus. Do you guys do you guys find any reason why why it would be 14 plus? Not really. I mean, if you look at the game, um, I mean, none of the the art is like too scary. I mean, there's you know dragons and other you know fantasy monsters, but um, the art's you know pretty nice. It's you know in some regards it's a little cartoony, um, yeah. but nothing like overly scary. The characters um, they're all females in, in both games. They're all, they all you know fully clothed, so there's nothing from that regard either. So I, you know I'm not sure. Um, Which is what. Which is one of the coolest thing, actually, that they're all they're all uh, females, you know. That's, I think yeah. that's a great, uh, you know, uh, variation for these kinds of games. Why do you think the 14 plus, Caleb? Yeah, I think maybe if you were the kid, actually had to like buy, you know, open the box, read the instructions, learn it, and play it. Maybe it's going to take a 14 year old. Um, it, it's not a very complex game to play. I know I certainly could teach this to a kid who's younger than 14, but maybe yeah. that means like for a kid who's going to read the rules on their own and figure things out. Uh, maybe that's the justification. Yeah, I guess I guess now we, now in these days everything is PJ thirteen, right? So I guess that's where it came from. But anyway, uh, like Jonathan says, there's not uh, too much to talk about. The box and cover is pretty handy, pretty accessible, pretty simple. And now let's go and see what is inside the box. Inside the box. So inside the box we have the components, which they are very good quality for the size of the box and for the size of the game. Um, you, hey, they have wooden tokens, which I've been mentioning a lot when they put wood in the game, so I love it. So the components are, you, it is included with uh, at least the, this version of the Forest of Shadow. Jonathan, probably you can tell me if there's any difference with the first uh, version. 
but on this version, you will uh, have uh, five hero cards. You will have 30 dice, uh, the different colors, the pink, yellow, uh, blue, and black. They all which will represent uh, a certain uh, aspect of the hero. And you will have a turn reference card, which is very helpful. You will have a campaign sheet pad. This is very important because a lot of solo board gamers, they uh, uh, have a big filter on campaign games. And I've been noticing that a lot of solo board gamers, we really love when a game has a campaign. So you will have a campaign here in one deck dungeon. Um, you also have a 56 card deck, which is literally like the like the game one deck dungeon. You're gonna be running through a through a deck of cards that represents the dungeon. Uh, you will have 44 encounter cards, four level cards, and the bosses also. Uh, and you will have the uh, damage tokens, with they're made of wood, and the potion tokens, which is uh, the main difference between the first version and the second version of the game. Uh, they also included in uh, wood tokens. And their rule book, which is very nice, small. It's uh, on a nice color of kind of a D&D &D Pathfinder atmosphere, I guess, like yellowish. And it's illustrated with step-by-step uh, -step what do you need to do during the game. Now, Jonathan, is it any difference with the first version of the game? No, actually, all the components are the exact same. Um, and like okay. you mentioned, the only difference in the first game um, it just doesn't have that mechanic that the expansion does of being poisoned. Everything else, like the breakdown of the cards, the dice, everything is the exact same as the expansion. Just, um, you know, the heroes in the first game are different than the second game, and they have different abilities, but yeah. um, everything else is the same. Yeah, one thing, one thing that is cool is that the heroes are double-sided. So if you're playing one player, it will show one side, two players, you just flip it. And as well for the uh, the dungeons and, and a lot of other stuff, it will be double-sided in that way. You can... Uh, notice the difference when you're playing first player and second player um and yeah it's so the only difference and actually in the rule book you will you will you will find it that it's um the second version is the potion so now that we took took a look of the all the components let's see how this one deck dungeon plays game play okay so in one deck dungeon uh the first thing you'll do is the setup and that's one of the best parts about the game is setup is very simple Basically, you're going to have uh, a few things in front of you on the table. Hold on, hold on. You, you just told me that the setup was like Gloomhaven, right? What? You just told me that the setup was like Gloomhaven. That it would take you like an hour. Yeah. No way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they keep going. <laughs> no way. Okay, okay, okay. So you were saying about the setup. Yes. Yeah, so basically, the, the main thing is you're going to have one deck in front of you. And that deck plays a few different roles, uh, which is one of the clever things about the game. And the deck is made up of a bunch of cards. And on those cards, you're basically going to have different types of encounters. So you could have a combat uh, combat encounter, or you could have what they call a peril encounter. And uh, in either case, you're going to uh, the first phase you're going to do is you're going to explore, which basically means you're going to take cards from the deck and you're going to create um, like a series of doors. The back of the deck on each card looks like a, a door that you could open. Um, and then the next thing you'll do is you'll enter a room and. Uh, that basically means you'll flip the card over, which means you're opening the door to see what's inside, um, and then you'll be faced with an encounter. And uh, once you've done that, you're basically going to uh, fight that monster, or you're going to try to take out that trap. And uh, there's a few few things you do on your turn. It's a very puzzly game. So the first thing you'll do is you'll basically assemble your dice, and you get to make some decisions about whether you want to use some bonus dice, which they call heroic feats. Um, but at any rate, you're going to have some dice that are based on your current stats. So some people are better at combat, so they're going to have more combat dice. Uh, like a mage character would have be better at uh, magic, so they would have more uh, blue-colored magic dice. Um, and you'll take those dice, and then you're going to roll them. 
and uh, the way it works is it's a dice placement game. So the card that's in front of you will have different numbers. So it might have, you know, a yellow three, which means that you have to put down at least a three, and it has to be a yellow three dice uh, on that spot. And you're trying to cover up all the spots in order to defeat the monster. Any spots that you don't cover up will have a negative penalty that happens to you. So you might lose time, um, which means basically you're going to go through the deck quicker, or you're going to lose uh, health, which means you'll you know gain health markers or lose health markers. And once you run out, of course, the game is over. So you're trying to manage uh, the time and be efficient in going through the deck. You're also trying to stay alive. Uh, and there's a few ways you can sort of mitigate your role. So if you get a bad role, there are things you can do uh, to try to uh, you know, make it better. So one thing you can do is you can take any two different colored dice. And let's say I have a yellow three and a blue five. You can choose those two dice together. And you basically combine two dice and you trade it in for one dice. And the way it works is you just take the lowest number. So if it's a yellow three and a blue five, I could trade it in, for example, for a green die. And since it was a three and a five that I traded in, I would be getting a green three. So it kind of makes it a puzzly game because you have to think about you're trying to cover up all these spots, but you're also thinking, how can I, you know, use my skills and my potions to uh, mitigate my dice rolls? Um, potions is another thing you'll have in front of you. It's basically off to the side and it lists some special abilities. There's ways to gain potions. Uh, and then you have to decide when you want to unleash them. So it's sort of like your heroic feat. You're deciding when do I want to really cash in and use that special ability. And then yeah. after you encounter the boss or the, uh, the combat card, you might you know, beat it or you might lose. If you lose, you take the damage, but you still get to cash it in uh, for the loot. Um, and if you defeat it outright, then of course the, the benefit is you don't have to take any of the damage or lose any of the time and you still get to cash the card in for loot. Uh, and I mentioned earlier that the deck is used in a lot of different ways. And I think that's one of the coolest things about this game. Um, you know, when you, when you t beat a card uh, and you finish the encounter, you can use that card. I think it's for four different things. So you could put the card um, under your character as XP. And if you connect, collect enough XP points, you can level up and get better abilities um, uh, and more bonus dice. If you um, use the card a different way, you can use it as an item. And every character is allowed to carry a certain number of items, which basically becomes special abilities or uh, special things you can do to help with dice mitigation. Um, I actually don't have that back. I think the items is the way you gain dice, and then skills is the way you do uh, dice manipulation. Or you can gain one of those potion special abilities that I talked about before. So uh, you, a lot of the decision-making comes in how you're going to use uh, those loot cards. Um, and then other than that, the game is very puzzly on how you uh, allocate the dice, and you just continue that same process over and over as you work through the deck. Um, when you're complete with the deck, that basically means you, you're going to go down to the next level of the dungeon, so you'll shuffle the cards back up, uh, stack them up again, and you'll start going through the deck one by one. Um, and then now you're at a, a, a harder level. So they have things that make it harder as you go down through the dungeon. And once you go through three levels, then there's a boss fight at the end. And the boss fight is basically this big epic fight at the end where he's probably not going to beat you in one round, and you're probably not going to beat him in one round. So you just continually uh, fight against him until one of you um, survives, and then... Uh, of course, that means whether you win or lose the game. And that's basically the, the original version of One Deck Dungeon. Jonathan, I know you have the newer version that I think has an extra mechanic. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. So in the Forest of Shadows expansion, um, the gameplay is the exact same. There's just a couple changes. 
um, that can make the game a little bit harder. Um, the main one is the poison mechanic. So some of the boxes that you have to cover up with the dice have a poison icon, and if you don't cover that, um, then your hero takes poison tokens. Um, it's not like damage where it's going to kill you right away, but it can um, kind of build up over time and make it harder to pass your poison rolls at, at certain times in the game. Um, but basically what you do, so if you have, um, let's say, two poison tokens on the party, um, yourself, or if you have more than one person, each person has to make a resist poison roll, and you just have to roll higher than that number. But as you build poison, um, obviously it's, you're going to have less op opportunities to um, roll a higher number, and then um, you start to take damage. Um, so it's kind of a cool new mechanic to make the game a little bit harder. Um, it inter introduces some different monsters that have that. Um, the other mechanic is called Exile. So there are some effects that can actually take a die or a token out of the game. So if it's exiled, you actually just put it back in the box and it's gone. Um, so that can also make it harder, reduce the number of dice that are available I hate for that you. mechanic. I yeah. really hate it. <laughs> it screwed me up the last time. <laughs> Uh, but besides that, you know, the game, the gameplay is pretty much the exact same, um, just with, you know, different boss monsters, um, different creatures, but um, everything else, um, the gameplay is exactly as Caleb said for the, the base game. So, um, you know, you really could either, you know, start with either expansion, just whatever seems more interesting, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Now, uh, mainly the difference between the first uh, edition and the second edition, like you mentioned, uh, besides the poison, is the exile, and it... It, for me, I, it seems like it's if you want to play it, uh, you know, more basically in an easy mode, well, you should go with the first version. If you want to play more challenging, we'll get the get the second version. Um, now, one common uh, mistake that I was doing during the game, and I think it's worth mentioning because uh, surprisingly, I found out around the websites and the forums that it's the mistake that a lot of people have been doing is that at the encounters phase. Uh, you know, I, ha I wasn't paying attention to the order of everything. So, like uh, Caleb mentioned, it, you have on, the, on each player like an heroic uh, uh, feat, which is like you have an extra thing to do. You you can either add a black die, uh, which is means like a like a, like the Joker, right? Like you can play that die in any 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 place. Uh, but you need to decide before you roll, before you do anything, you need to decide if you're gonna use your heroic feat. Um, of course, after making the choice, if you're going to pearl or you're going to fight. So that was the uh, a big mistake that I've, I've been doing while I was playing. And I also find that a lot of people have been doing it as well. So just put attention when you're playing and uh, choose if you're going to use your, uh, your heroic feat before uh, the pearl or the encounter. Now, Caleb, you mentioned a very, very interesting word. You're saying that at the end, you fight, you have an epic fight with the epic monster. Is that really epic? Ah, uh, well, I guess it should be epic in comparison. So it's still just a card that you're doing this yeah. dice placement game on. Uh, so maybe epic yeah. is not what you mean. You know, it's not Gloomhaven. It's, it's just a little dice placement game. I mean, I, I thought because you, you confused me with the setup, and I thought, like, well, probably it's the same epic level of Gloomhaven or something like that. Yes. Uh, and, you know, the, the only game that I can compare this one, well, we will talk about more what we think about the game on the next section. So before I could, before I keep talking, let's let's jump into my favorite section of the of this show, which is uh, if we rather play this game solo or cooperative, and what do we think about the game? Solo or cooperative? So now is the time of my favorite section. Oh, my God, I love this section. It's when 
uh, Caleb usually tried to fight me and say that I'm wrong and I say that he's wrong and then Jonathan just give us a moment of silence thinking about how he can fight us and then he fight us so it's, it's my favorite section of the game and let's start so if we rather play this game solo or cooperative and I will start because I usually ask you guys like what do you think is it solo or cooperative I'm going to tell you right now, I've been playing this game solo more times than cooperative, and I think it's way better as a solo game. Um, you have the experience of, uh, really, you will experience the the kind of the going through a dungeon and a dungeon crawling um, atmosphere. The only game that I can compare this game with is probably uh, Pixel Glory, which is kind of the same um, mechanics, just except the dice rolling. Uh, but you're basically exploring through a dungeon and fighting uh, monsters, which in this case, of course, I think that one, de one deck dungeon is way better than Pixel Glory. I also think that it's a very good game. I recommend it for solo gamers a lot. Uh, if you're new in the solo gaming universe or atmosphere, this is a game that you should get because you will have fun, you won't regret. And like I mentioned uh, in the beginning of the episode, it has a campaign mode which, believe it or not, for the solo gamers or for the majority of solo gamers, it means a lot when a game has a campaign and when it has, of course, replayability. In this game, you will have a lot of replayability. It's also a very good game because the main characters or all the characters are female. So that really adds a lot to the game because mainly, uh, you know, in the regular uh, dungeon crawling games or the usual traditional, better said, dungeon crawling games, you will fight uh, the party of heroes. Uh, but it's only one is the female or two are the female, the, the witch or whatever. So in uh, in this case, the all characters are females. I think there's a story behind the design, that part of the designer of the game, uh, why they're all females. But I don't. I would lie to you if I if I share something. Um, but yeah, mainly I think it's a very good game, uh, and I do believe that it plays very good and very well and very smooth and a lot of fun as a solo game and i recommend it for solo gamers now caleb what do you think do you rather play this game solo or cooperative i think this one's an easy call i've actually only played it cooperative once uh jonathan introduced me to the game when i was at his house uh maybe about a year ago and we played through it and i liked the game and then i found a copy um at a half price books and picked it up for myself and i loved the game when i played it solo so this one's an easy call for me definitely solo better than cooperative jonathan what do you think I would agree. Um, this game, I I think I did get it about a year ago, and I first played it solo to learn the rules before we, we played it. Um, I think it just plays better, I think, for, for what it is. It's easier to manage the puzzle, you know, by yourself. Um, and I think the game does a good job of enhancing each character's abilities to handle solo play versus cooperative. Um, so I think it's, you know, a fun enough game to do solo, um, you know, as... I don't think it really adds much much to have that second player um, besides having, you know, another type of character. But um, even for me, this one, uh, I'd say hands down, plays better solo. Now I'm so disappointed of both of you because this is the first episode, the first show that we actually agree in this particular question of solo cooperative in a game. It's usually uh, I agree and, Jon and Jonathan agrees the same or Caleb doesn't agree. So please, guys, don't do it again and disagree. Don't don't try to, uh, you know, copy me if I say that it's, it plays better as a solo. We anyway, <laughs> what you were saying? We all want to be like you. 
Yeah, I know, I know, I know. That's that's the goal in life. <laughs> All righty. So uh, let's start now. We usually go with the ratings, but let's talk about the. Well, no, you know what? Let's start with the ratings before we go into the price of the game. So Caleb, King of Magicians, you are in charge of this part. Tell us about the rating. How we're going to rate the game, and what do we think? Yeah, so we use the old uh, Netflix rating. So we go from a one to five. One basically means that you hated it. A five means that you love it, love it. Uh, and then a three means that you like it. So you can determine where, you know, in in between. Uh, uh-huh. So for this game, for me, I think I would rank it as a four. Um, mostly because, you know, I think the gameplay probably would be more of a three. But the fact of just the whole package of that you open up the, the box, you pull out the deck, you pull out the dice, you're playing within like two minutes, uh, maybe not even that. And then the game seems to fly by. Every time I've played the game, I've played more than one game in a row. So I think that speaks to, you know, how fun it is. And it's one of those games where you think, oh, I'll just play one more because it wasn't that long. Um, so, yeah, I think probably a four for me. There are some things I dislike about the game. So I think the main criticism that most people would have for the game, uh, which is very warranted, is at the end of the day, it is a dice rolling game. And there is some dice mitigation. I mentioned before, uh, you know, like how you can trade in two dice of any color and you can get a color uh, that you want. Um and, you know, that, that works well, but, you know, if you roll all ones, that's not going to get you very far. So it, it, I have had games of this where you crash and burn right in the beginning and you almost just want to scrap it and think, yeah, I'm only five turns in. You know, at this point, I'd rather just start a new game because I know there's no way I'm going to, I'm gonna you know, get victory if I continue on this path. So yeah. I think the factor um, definitely would take it down a lot notch, but it's so quick. Um, I think, you know playing another game isn't a big deal so uh, i think it's still a highly rated game uh for me yeah yeah for sure what about you nathan what and what number would you give to this uh, game talking about ratings of course i think overall I'd, i would also give it a four um especially for me not being as much of a solo gamer like this is one where um yeah i might go like a couple months without playing it but if i was you know, if I were looking to play a, you know, a quick solo game, um, this is usually the first one I look to just because of the ease of, you know, setup, gameplay, and teardown, and, and it's quick. So I think that adds to my rating to it. Um, and, it, you know, it's just not that complex. So it's one that, you know, even if you just have, you know, half an hour to play, you don't have to think too much, um, you know, to get it going and, and start playing the game. Um, a couple of my criticisms that keep it, you know, in that four as well, um, even besides the randomness of the dice, I think it is one too. Like if, if you don't get um, certain cards or I've had times where, you know, I, I start to explore and, you know, two out of the four of the dungeons are elemental monsters, which um, if you haven't played the game, those are usually harder to beat. So um, it takes longer to beat those monsters and you're racing against the clock. And, you know, if you do have a bad couple rounds and you don't get, you know, items to upgrade or skills it sometimes it is hard to catch up in this game like you know if you start behind it's not one that you can easily catch up that i've found um to make it worth it and it is almost easier like caleb said to just start over um but uh, besides that you know it's it's a lot of fun um you know a, a pretty good quick game for you know anyone that's interested in solo gaming yep uh i do actually believe man this is crazy we're agreeing with everything i will give this game a four as well um uh what i don't like from the game well probably i don't like the fact that the rule book at least for me um it seems like a little bit sometimes 
complicated. I mean, the way that the way that is the layout of the uh, rulebook, and sometimes I need to go back and make sure that I'm doing the the correct rules. And even like that, like I said before, I was doing the uh, mistake over and over. Um, and the potion aspect, the resist the potion after the exploring phase and the and the boss uh, encounter, I think it's a pretty good, but it's also a pain in the butt. I mean, this, uh, I remember on the last game that I played this week, uh, because of the poison, I literally couldn't defeat the monster. And also the exile, like you mentioned, Jonathan, before, it really, it's really painful. It really hurts you uh, because you're saying, well, probably if you're playing solo, you have a, just the dice that you're using and you have all the other rest of the dice on the side, you know, of the box. But believe me, those are... Uh, dies that he is for example on the on the first pause that he tells you that every round you need to exile four four dice um that really kills you if you don't kill the monster in in three rounds per se um but generally i like the game another thing that i really like for the from the game is that caleb you can tell us more a little bit about that but if you go to the asmati games website um you can also find more uh, expansions for the campaign mode of one deck dungeon and actually those campaigns they have uh, uh stories and everything right caleb you, you had a chance to check it out yeah just briefly i saw a link to it on bgg so it looked to me like there was a, a, a actually a story that goes along with it the campaign that comes in the box uh campaign might be a strong word basically it's just a yeah. piece of paper that says you know play round one and then you know if you uh, do things like, you know, complete a floor, if you level up, if you defeat a boss, earn some check marks, and then you spend the check marks between uh, games uh, to build up extra abilities. So when we say com campaign in the box, that's basically what it is. There's no story or anything like that. It's basically just, you know, play the game a bunch of times and level up. Uh, but there is a story mode that I saw um, online. One other thing to mention, um, that's an online thing that I haven't tried, is they do have One Deck Dungeon. I think it's released on Steam. I don't know if you can buy this on iOS. I think it might be Steam only at this point. But there is a digital implementation of the game, if that is something that interests you. I think for this game, though, I, I'm, a, I'm usually a guy who wants both the physical and the, uh, the digital. I think this one, because of the dice rolling, because of its simplicity, I do think I would just want to have this as a, as a physical game. It's small enough. Um, so it's not like it's a, you know, the, the digital version would solve a problem of, you know, allowing me to play a game that I don't otherwise get to play very much. You know, for example, you know, I really love the game Agricola, but I like the digital version best because there's, you know, it's very quick to play. I don't have to get a group that's going to sit down and play with me for 90 minutes. Uh, so I get, I get a lot more gaming done if I do it on uh, my iPad. This game, I feel like, you know, it's only 30 minutes and it's just a small box. I think I'd rather just play it physically. Yeah, I totally agree with you because even, uh, you know, it's a good travel game. I see very often that people ask, like, hey, you know, any recommendations for a, a good travel game if I'm going to be in a flight or if I'm going to be in a train? And probably some people can say, well, this one, you have a bunch of dice and they can fail or whatever. But even with the dice, if, you, if, if the dice are the problem, you can get an app for dice rolling uh, in Android or iOS and it can do the, the work, you know. So I think this is a very good game also for for travel um so in general yeah we we like the game that's good now uh going and talking about the price of the game the standard retail price it's about 25 dollars do you recommend it jonathan do you think it's a it's a fair price for the game i do i mean i got the first game at like a board game um 
garage sale or auction type thing for about $10. But, um, you know, I pre-ordered the, the expansion and got that uh, for, for pretty close to that $25. So, you know, I think if you've played the game, um, you know, I'd recommend playing it first. But if you like it, I think for what you get and, um, you know, I, th- I think it's still a pretty good bang for your buck for $25 with as much as you can play, as much variability you have, um, even just with within, um, you know, each standalone set. You know, I definitely think it's worth that price, too. Yeah. What do you think, Caleb, the price? I think, yeah. Yeah, I think $25 is reasonable. I think it's on the high end of what you would expect if you looked at the just the components. But, you know, I, I, I don't like to judge board game prices based just on what you get physically. I mean, I like to think about how many times am I going to play the game? Is the game fun? Uh, you know, what is this game bringing that other games don't? And I think when you factor all of those things in, uh, I think the $25 uh, seems reasonable to me. Uh, definitely something I would recommend. Yeah, me too. I'm in the same page. I recommend this game. $25, you get a lot of replayability. You have, you will have fun. You will have adventure. You will have the dungeon crawling aspect of the of the game. And now, like Kelly mentioned, you can go online and get the story mode of the game if you want. Now, um, about the the weight of the game, I think I will go ahead and 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 go before you guys. But I think this is probably light for sure for me that it's a light game yeah i think it's a light game um one thing we didn't i think we, we've all said that it's sort of a puzzly game um and normally when you say that i think there's games that are more complex that we also consider to be puzzly this one is not puzzly because it's complex i i say the word puzzle because on your turn uh unlike a lot of games i think there actually is once you've rolled the dice and Uh, you know, there's no more decisions to be made besides how you're going to manipulate the dice. I think in almost all cases, there is a clear answer of how you should do that. So uh, I think that's also one of the things that makes this better for a solo gamer than playing a cooperative is because there's only one real answer for, you know, how to allocate those dice um, and, you know, use your skills efficiently. Maybe there's not as much discussion that would go back and forth because, Uh, you know, if there are decisions to be made that don't allow you to beat the uh, card that you're trying to encounter, the decision might be, do you want to lose a health or would you rather you, you lose a time? And normally that's a, a decision that has a clear outcome uh, that one is better than the other, uh, depending on your situation. So, um, yeah, I think this is probably a light game, uh, a light puzzle game. Yeah, I do agree. Now, uh, so in global, we recommend this game for uh solo gamers you should get it you won't regret now this is the episode that we are recording and it's going to be on air before uh christmas so to all of you listeners first of all we want to say thank you for all your support and all the shows that you're on it all when you're commenting on facebook or twitter following us thank you so much and really really from from our hearts we wish We wish you a Merry Christmas, like the song, right? I was going to start saying, but anyway. Uh, uh, we wish you a, a Merry Christmas for you and your loved ones. And and remember, on Christmas, it's also good to, even on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, it's also good to to bring a game to a game to the table, right, Caleb? That's right. I play games every year with my family, so. Yeah, it's it's a good, a good yeah. What what about you, Jonathan? Are you going to bring some good games to the table on Christmas evening? I mean, Christmas evening or Christmas Day? Yeah, I was going to ask Caleb if I could borrow Gloomhaven for a couple days. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm pretty sure your family will enjoy the three-hour experience and complexity of the game, especially yeah. if, especially if it's like my family that the the most board gaming thing that they can go. It's either Monopoly or the Mexican 
bingo, which is the lotería. <laughs> so so I, don't, I, I don't know how they would, they would feel about Gloomhaven. Anyway, uh, before we say goodbye, we have uh, news. Like I said on the beginning of the show, um, we will have the interview in January with Erin Dean, author uh, and creator of the book uh, For the Love of Board Games. Uh, we also will have more interviews coming on in January, but before the year ends, um, we will have uh, next episode will be about our, our top five solo board games of solo or cooperative board games of the 2018 only. And we will have the Game of the Year Solo BG Podcast Award to one game also. Uh, so that will, all will be in the next episode, which it will be published before the year ends. Also, I would highly recommend you to go and follow us on Facebook. Look for us as Solo BG Podcast. And why I say that? Well, because there's going to be some surprises on Facebook. So you should check it out. Facebook Solo BG Podcast. Follow us there. You can also follow us on Twitter at Solo BG Podcast and at Instagram at Solo BG Podcast. Our mail, uh, Solo BG Podcast at gmail.com. And now, now, like I said before, you can also look for us on YouTube at solo bg podcast guys do you want to add anything else before we uh, wrap up the show happy festivus yeah there you go <laughs> what about you my friend jonathan i'm always pushing on you what do you what do you want to say to the beautiful listeners over there well caleb took mine so uh <laughs> yeah be, be creative now uh i guess happy holidays and um caleb i'll, I'll, start, I'll come over so we can start the feats of strength <laughs> <laughs> all right it sounds good so For all of you, remember, Merry Christmas. For victory, go tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SoloBGPodcast. And till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop. Mm-hmm.